2: Hello and welcome to Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello everybody. Time again for another episode of your favourite podcast. Thank you to all of you for taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Thank you to all of our wonderful Patreons for uh, for uh, all your donations. Really appreciate that. Really, it keeps us going. Keeps our head above water. Uh, good things coming we'll keep you posted we're just working on a few things now but they're coming don't you worry about that thank you to everybody for taking the part taking time to be in part of our universe it's lovely um Doing alright actually, doing doing alright this end, yeah, today's busy, I've got some stuff going on, everything's fine, I hope you are too, I hope you're you're getting back into the swing of things alright, you know, and uh, keeping safe, that's the main thing. My guest this week uh, is a man that I've worked with many, many times over the years, uh, I knew him before... Uh, I was a comedian, I was a barman uh, before I don't know if anyone remembers that, I've said it before Uh, I was a barman up the creek so I'd see the comedians coming in and out and get to know them and and then eventually became a comedian myself but uh, this is one of the people I I met when I first started at the creek Um, Jeff Innocent is his name and he's one of the finest stand-up comedians in the land he's is he's, he's, he's admired by many people in the, in the industry um and you know we get on well outside of comedy which was it's nice to have him on uh and and talk about other things other than comedy you know he's a very uh he's an intellectual he's a, he's a he's a funny man uh he's very world wise um and it's just it was just nice to have him on having a chat so uh without further ado here's jeff innocent
3: hi ricardo <laughs> <laughs>
2: thank finally, you for, finally finally <laughs> got you on
3: thank you for inviting me i'm, I'm missing talking to comedians very much uh uh which is funny because when I'm doing comedy, I don't miss talking to them. But <laughs> isn't that funny? I usually rush off home after yeah. gigs, but now I'm missing missing the green room and <laughs> missing the gossip yeah. and the banter and and just the rough way that we can talk to each other that civilians can't. You know the way we can be a little bit uh, a bit rough if with each other. We push the
2: boundaries a uh, little more. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, we're a bit abrasive, um, and people outside find that harsh, but we're quite tough, I think. You know.
2: <laughs> we'll see. We'll, well see. We'll see, shall we? Yeah, because I'm. What I'm hearing is I'm hearing. I hear a lot of bravado, Jeff. Bravado. I mean, you're like, you're, yeah, like you, your, uh, your, your shields are up. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I,
3: I, um, it's. Uh, I think we miss talking, don't we? That's what we do for a living, talking. We do, yeah. And we talk even when we're not on stage, and that's fine for us and other comedians, but. People in the outside world find that very hard. Not not just being abrasive, just talking a lot. Uh, and certainly, my wife and child are not used to me being in the house 24/7 talking a lot. <laughs>
2: That's
3: been one of the features of lockdown. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure everybody's <laughs> having similar problems. But certainly, comedians are, I imagine, are difficult people to live with because they talk and think and want to share. Their ideas, their random ideas all the time, and uh, yeah. so that can be difficult.
2: And trying to find the funny in everything. Well, yeah, that gets yeah. a bit that gets a bit tiring yeah, after yeah. a while for other people. Is
3: this funny? You know, Big yeah. <laughs> How many times do you say that in a day? Uh, hey, hey. Uh, Karima, hold on. Can you just listen to me, please, when she's doing something? <laughs> Is this funny? And you just get this side and you're not again.
2: Um, yeah that's it Lot this shit yeah don't do anything else yeah i know we um with jade you know because jade and i are both comedians so
3: oh that must be it's
2: a, it's <laughs> a bit it's a bit easier, it's of a bit easier.
3: Course. your arguments must be tougher than most people as well i imagine
2: you know oh it's, we have to we have to actually really think about tactics
3: you probably <laughs> you probably have to dip into your repertoire of Heckle
2: put downs in the kitchen. Yeah. Well, I've done this when I've been (laughs) doing. Oh, yeah. Ginger. Yeah, Yeah. I've been doing this before. And I've had to shout out. Oi, where'd you learn to whisper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I know the That's... old classics, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you, you, you grew up in. You grew up. You haven't moved away from where you grew up, have you? Well, uh,
3: no, not no. I haven't actually. Um, not necessarily by design. I'm just lazy. Um, uh, I actually was born in um, Camberwell, and my first ten years was. Oh, spent... really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my ten years, first ten years, were spent in Peckham and Camberwell and Elephant and Castle. And then I moved to Newham when I was ten, and have lived in you know East Ham, Canning Town, Custom House, all over Newham. Uh, as, so so I'm a bit sort of mixed race, in that sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> uh, which is funny because people always assume that I. Uh, people always like to place you with the football team, don't you? If you're a bloke, blokes, yes, blokes. Uh, Blokes, some some blokes can only function on that level. I've noticed. They'll they'll start a conversation by saying, "So, what are you then?" You know, as if you have it, yeah. you have to have a football team, don't you? And and, yep. and if if when I'm being flippant or you know, and I don't want to play that game, I sometimes go, "I'm not interested in football," which. It's very difficult for some blokes, isn't it, to say that to them. I'm not interested in football. They don't know where to go then with the conversation.
2: Yeah, 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 I've, that, yeah. I've, yeah, I've got a whole bit about that. Oh, that, have
3: you? Have you? Right. Okay. Well,
2: men can't. Well, men, like say, once they've heard that you don't like football, they can't. They can't deal with you.
3: No, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, so like, so <laughs> I do that on purpose sometimes as a barrier. When I think, no, you know what it's like, Rich. We get a lot of people come up to us to speak to us, and most of the time. We quite like that. It goes with the job. We're very sociable people. But every now and again, someone might come up and you think, I don't really want to speak to you. So if they do the football thing, I'd use that as a barrier. So I'm not interested in football. Yeah. But then what they do is associate you with a football team, whether you like it or not, don't they? Just so, <laughs> yeah. just so that they can rubbish your team. They go, where do you live? <laughs> I'm not interested in football. Yeah, but where do you live? Where do you live? I go, well, I live in East yeah. London. Oh, you're West Ham. They're yeah, rubbish. And, uh, <laughs> don't they? and you haven't even. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Uh,
2: so. I always get, yeah, I always get um, Charlton or Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, yeah Or I'll even say, I'll say Crystal Palace just to shut them up. Just yeah, uh, yeah Crystal <laughs> Palace, you know.
3: Well, 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 what's more difficult for me, of course, my first 10 years and my dad, he was a Mill fan. And so right. I. Um, I Came to East London with 10 years of growing up in a Mill Wall house, uh, in, into the area of their, 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 their bit of rivals. That's yeah, that. so in that sense, I, oh, I really Diana, into the
2: lion's den, yeah.
3: Well, aye, I, I, very clever. See what he <laughs> did there. So I have to be very careful. Uh, and you just reminded me, um, a few months ago, I was working in Sheffield and I left my phone there. and The following weekend, I was somewhere else like Stoke and I had to get the train to Sheffield to. Pick up my phone from the venue, and as I got off the train, it was at the same time as a lot of Millwall fans were getting off their train. So I was suddenly with Millwall fans, uh, and, yeah. and which is difficult, you know, if you're from a West Ham background. <laughs> but uh, here's what was really funny: as we were leaving, uh, the police kettled us, and I'm saying no, no, no. yeah. So I'm going no, mate. <laughs> I thought no, I'm not a football bloke. I'm not a foot. I'm not. And I thought, I've got to be careful here, you know. I can't say... Yeah. Um, but I had, to, I had to stand there for 20 minutes with a load of uh, oh,
2: New Orleans fans
3: because the police thought I was being some sort of clever, jovial, cockney... You know in football supporters try yeah. and pull one over on the old bill? No, I'm not with them, mate. <laughs> I'm not with them yeah. so that I can infiltrate the Sheffield people, you know. <laughs> I don't know. And the more I did it, the worse it looked and... Uh, and what I really wanted to say is nothing on West Ham, which, which wouldn't have been a oh, good <laughs> in the circumstances. So there I was. But,
2: you're, but you have that look, though, don't you? You look like you were the leader. Not only were you amongst yeah. them, <laughs> you were the leader.
3: Because <laughs> no. <laughs> I've noticed, you're right, though, Rich, with football fans, their leader is often an older bloke, isn't it, that's been doing it yeah. for years.
2: That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't really get stuck in like he used to, Yeah. but he but sends the yeah, young ones yeah. off and they all respect, yeah, respect him. him. Because he kicked the shit out of someone in 76. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's
3: written a book <laughs> about when they used to go... used That's to have fights with yep. Cardiff or something. <laughs> Cardiff.
2: That's it, yeah, we run Barnsley.
3: Yeah, and it was always those... Teams. When I was growing up and went to football, the teams that seemed to be, to me as a teenager, the worst teams, were teams from places like Cardiff uh, uh, that uh, then were fairly cultural backwaters, it? it uh, obviously mm. not now i don't know who's listening to this but yeah. you know newcastle because their football hooligans were grown men weren't they it's always yes. very difficult so yeah. there you are football we've, we've talked about
2: football yeah i never really got involved in all that No, yeah. neither did i yeah but that's the point isn't it you look the way you look and you say like, yeah but you're not you're not that you're not what you look like
3: well no but uh i did have a little bit of a phase of hooliganism in the um in the mid to late 70s when i you know i don't know if you remember the anti nazi <laughs> league yeah. Uh, they used to they were associated with the SWP and they were the they were the hooligan wing, if you like. Um yeah. so when the NF or the or the BNP or the NF in those days used to march through multicultural areas, we used to go out there and, and try and put a stop to their marches. So I, you know, that was my outlet for being a bit of a hooligan, I suppose. So maybe more worthy and more worthwhile, but um not the answer, of course, but I was young.
2: Uh, yeah. Couldn't.
3: So you know, I had my I've had I've had my hooligan days, but m- maybe there was more of a, a an ethical direction for it than <laughs> just, than yeah. tribalism. You know, you
2: know. You're meeting fire with fire, and yeah, like you say, that doesn't always.
3: No, no, but I think but the cause the cause was righteous. You know,
2: absolutely. <laughs> that,
3: that's no. the difference.
2: But your look, I mean, is that is you know, is that I mean, you know, we you're like me, we wear what we want to wear, but there's. Growing up, it was sort of a, like a shield, almost like you know, you kind of like you wanted to be different, but not too different to cause too much. Well, that's much of interesting. A scene, you that's know. interesting.
3: Yeah. I think I, uh, I probably, I mean, because I'm sixty-five almost, so my first uh, engagement with dressing up would have been uh, the late sixties, early seventies skinhead era, which, yeah. which, which was being different and finding an identity that was different from the parents' generation, but at the same time, it did connect itself with working-class looks, you know, Dr. Martin's braces, uh, that kind of thing. I think the next phase, that the hippie thing and um, that, that slightly mod to hippie look, you know, like mm. the small faces or the who, yeah. you know, that phase, that probably was a little bit more uh, uh, anti-mainstream. I remember buying a fur coat from Oxfam and, my mum saying, "I'm not walking along the street with you wearing that." And that's a great feeling. Oh, that isn't wow. it? when you realise that an article of clothing can can uh, yeah. be, be <laughs> so dangerous in the house.
2: See, I was very lucky. My mum and dad were very open-minded, oh, that's so the, are I could you have, from a, a slightly yeah, yeah.
3: posh background. Then, rich?
2: No, not really. Um, I'm working class, but dad was a civil servant, so that kind of that kind of rounded the edges off a little bit. But it wasn't you know we weren't we weren't we were poor, but we weren't I don't know it was was it was a suburb so there was nothing really to fight against
3: yeah okay but the, the, I think the thing that shook people up the most when I was growing up was that early 70s glam rock shift uh, mm. that, that blokes were getting into satin trousers and and gypsy hairstyle because that that challenged. Conceptions of what blokes should look like, more didn't
2: they? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's and when you look back then, and you see what men looked like, looked like at that time in like in the street. But then you see what the what the rock stars were doing. It was so far removed. I remember seeing a, I remember seeing um, Paul Young like in the early eighties, and he was the first pop star I saw wearing a pair of shoes that I'd seen in a shop, and it blew my mind because because the, the glam stuff was so out there. Yeah. yeah it was brilliant.
3: Yeah, it was it was, brilliant. it was. it was, yeah. Yeah, that was very exciting. So how old are you then, Rich? I'm trying to work out what you're... What you used I'm to 48. You. Okay. Could you have been a punk?
2: No, too bit too young, like a couple of years too young. Well, I'll new say romantic, that, I would, been, I would have
3: been... Would you have been a new romantic then, Rich?
2: I was five when, I, when punk happened.
3: Oh, wow.
2: wow. Well, four. I was four when punk happened, and then new romantics, I would have been nine... Ten, even. So, you know. so
3: what then? I don't even. I'm trying to place you. Would it have been the rave scene then?
2: Yeah, the late '80s rave scene. Stone Roses, Happy Mondays.
3: Oh, I've got it. Yeah, yeah.
2: That was my first youth explosion. My first okay. connection with this. But you've had a hand. You've had a hand in all of them.
3: I, <laughs> I just <laughs> happen to be placed historically. <laughs> you're, you're so right I've been through. Like through so Gump. <laughs> yeah, I've been through so many of those those things, but some of them naturally evolve into another. It's it's not like, right, I'm not dressing like this anymore, I'm dressing like that. Uh, as I just said, that whole, that whole mod to hippie, mod to that sort of psychedelic mod look. That, yeah. uh, that was a, a, a shift, wasn't it? It wasn't a, a sudden change. And I think um, probably that's what I've done generally. But even now I've gone back to I mean, I still like that, that smart casual. You know, I still like tracksuit tops. Um, mm. I mean, that tracksuit top and, uh, and 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 uh, combat trousers, that's very much from the rave scene, isn't it? Yes. yes. With a denim yeah. jacket or something. That's
2: that's it, that's yeah. It. That's that was become it. a
3: classic now, isn't it? That's a good look. Because <laughs> I was a window dresser. Did you yeah. know that? I was a window dresser in... Uh... Were you really? Yeah, <laughs> That's what I did. I was a, a window dresser in men's men'swear. They used to call it from, from when I left school in '71 uh, right up until '87. That's that's why really. Did. Yeah, yeah. Kings Road. For what? For, were you Street. like
2: freelance or?
3: Well, I did freelance as well, but no, I worked for. I mean, these companies don't exist anymore. They certainly be before your time, but older people might remember Lord John.
2: I remember Lord John. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh,
3: Cecil G, Harry. Oh so I worked with quite a few companies and it was a fantastic job working in King's Road in, in 1975 when you're from a working class East End background. It's like being in show business.
2: Well, that's it. That's it. How, did you, how did you manage to get into that? Um,
3: well, I was uh, <laughs> I had a Saturday job in Mr. Byright's in East Ham. Oh,
2: bloody hell.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I remember that, yeah.
3: And actually, I'm not just saying this, but Mr. Byrights before they became were very famous, they weren't they were actually quite good. They they sold yeah very fashionable good stuff. They weren't as cheap as they went on to be. And I had a Saturday job there and I used to see sometimes you'd work in the week on school holidays and I, I used to see the window dressers turning up. And I thought that looked so cool doing that. Yeah. And um and and I was into art at school, so I just left school and became a, a, a an apprentice window dresser. And did
2: outstanding. That. And did you get any stick from your mates? Um
3: well no, and you know, there's a sort of misconception about the stereotype of window dressers, and I'm glad you've asked me that question because I've been wanting yeah. to set this to right. The stereotype about window dressers of them being very camp does exist, but that's department stores like Selfridges right. and Fenix and uh, uh, and Harrods. In the menswear business, they were more like tradespeople, right? Right. Uh, oh, okay. So they were generally working class blokes. And you had to be you had to be good at lots of things: carpentry, because you built props; electricity, mm. because you're dealing with the lighting system; fabrics, because you're covering things with fabric. So there were a lot of general skills. So I always saw those people as like sort of artistic electricians or builders, yeah, or something. And and I hope people hear this. And I, <laughs> <laughs> They'll hear oh, yeah, it, mate. you finally, this. yeah, finally got it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Have Justice it, is served. Yeah. I spoke about this to somebody the other day, and I must share this again because it's very funny. Um, someone asked me if I'd ever stole. What did I used to steal from work? And there was a period in my life where my whole house was was all the furniture was props from windows. So, <laughs> so bookshelves, <laughs> tables, chairs. They weren't really quite real tables, you know. They were, they were just yeah. there for. Um, to put clothes over you know to to so so i lived my life um
2: as a in a fac- props department
3: yeah a facsimile <laughs> like a film set where it wasn't really a table <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: but I, it's I, funny that you you got into that and your your life became that when you've briefly mentioned to me before what your your dad was a bit naughty well, and
3: yeah i mean I, that sort of background. yeah i mean my mum always tells me off of making a big deal out of this so what i'm going to do is generalize it by saying actually most people in certain areas of London at a certain time were involved with crime through association, through family, dodgy uncles, dodgy dads. So, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was, like you say, quite a contrast uh, to go and be flouncing around in, in, in windows. Uh, and also yeah. I had my mates as well. Oh yeah, my mates never really, I think they, if you're in a gang and you're the bloke that's a bit artistic, a bit funny, that becomes celebrated rather than denounced. Yeah. Um, so, contrary to how people see me, I wasn't the toughest bloke in my game, let's put it that way. No. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I might be tough in the world of comedy, in the world of toughness, I'm not the toughest bloke. Yeah?
2: <laughs> in the world of comedy, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it. It's you, Jade, there is, yeah. There's a massive there. drop-off. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I um. Go, on, go on. Uh, Jade now Jade's heckling me from the sofa. It's Jeff Innocent. Hi, Jeff. Jade hello, says darling. hello. Cool. He says hello, my darling. Oh, We're getting on with this. You stop. You tell me your stuff.
3: Yeah, you look after your own career, mate. Go on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is this is all I've got. Yeah, We're singing in and with dancing, hey? Eh? and your costumes. <laughs> It's funny because uh, my image in comedy, you know the thing is I started comedy when I was forty one more or less. So yeah, right. but I didn't look like I I haven't always looked like that. I don't think people realise when you get older your look changes so much.
2: Well when I saw you you had you were the doorman, you had the long overcoat on.
3: Yeah, yeah. But what I mean is my yeah. my face I mean I used to look quite young and non non threatening. I think I did anyway. Uh, well, I mean, is yeah. that that look that's a bit threatening has de- is, is developed as an older man? I haven't always um, had that. No, I used to be quite slim. It's why
2: I, yeah, I've seen pictures of you. you. Look, you look groovy.
3: Yeah, groovy man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was a babe magnet in those days. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I, I've people have said to me about you, in... they've. They were talking to us with Jeff Innocent the other day and they said I'm paraphrasing it, it, was like, Oh, he's 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 scary, isn't he? And I'm like, Nah, he's a little old lady.
3: Yeah, I, and
2: I talked to him. But it's that you do have a demeanour. Yeah. That is I mean, because like you talk about it on stage. Like, you know, people talk about you being the only white person in your street, you're the only white person in your house. That's right. You know, that's that again is unusual when you look, when you see you at face value.
3: Yeah, yeah, it is. I <laughs> am. The most unlikely person to be the most least racist but <laughs> but it is uh, obviously you're a comedian it's it's grist to the mill for us isn't it the way we look i mean it's been a gift for me really yeah looking one way but actually being completely opposite and once i found that juxtaposition as a as a comedy direction it opened up so many avenues and i i think discovering what you look like or how the audience see you is such a turning Mm. point in comedy. Realising not the way you see yourself, the way other people see you, it it opens up uh, so much comedy. So it's been a gift. Uh, Yeah. And and actually increasingly so as I get older, I look more threatening and uh, (laughs) more dodgy, uh, which is funny because now I'm a dodgy looking old bloke. Someone, and I've grown a beard at the moment, someone says, you look like one of those blokes who, who's done a bit of crime and then gone to Ibiza, still does a bit of crime as people shot, <laughs> but he's a lovely bloke, you know. And I thought, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, that's my new character, that's my new Edinburgh show. So,
2: I think you're, because as you're getting older, like you say, you like your hearings going and you've not been well, and yeah, then you, you, you had a stick, stick for a beat. bit. That's right. Maybe that, maybe this is your, it's like your defense mechanism is kicking in.
3: Well, I think that. Is genuine vulnerability, so yeah. which I've been looking for in comedy for years, and it's come out quite naturally. I'm getting old; a few things are breaking down. I've still got the limp, still got a stick, and I'm older. So people always think, "Ah, oh, I'm hoping." People go, "Oh, just a bit of an old bloke. He's deaf, bless him." And hopefully that gives me a bit of vulnerability. <laughs> but, I don't know, you know. Um,
2: but you've you've always have you, have you always been surrounded by uh, maybe multicultural, multicultural surroundings? Have you always had that? Um, or did well, you seek it out? And...
3: Well, yeah, both, really. You understand the notion of seeking out things from, usually through music, isn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah. Abso- yes, so absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You want
3: to be where the music is, and that means you have to be sometimes. Um, I, I haven't always been surrounded uh, necessarily, but I think it's a thing that, that, that um, historically has developed as I've got older in my area. So you know, so for example mm. um, you know i uh, i I grew up obviously with a lot of white people. I remember my mum saying, "You're the first person that brought a black person to this house almost as if it was a bad thing, come from quite you know people were very racist in those days uh, I, yeah, 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 uh, that was a natural it was a given it wasn't challenged, and I think I was a generation growing up in the late sixties that were challenging that, challenging their yes. parents' ideas, challenging the dominant ideas of society through my interaction with a, a first generation of black kids that are growing up at the same time as me so mm. through association um there was certainly a period in my life where there were separate spheres i don't know if you ever had that where i had black yeah. friends white friends um and and then you know that that merges or you make decisions to leave certain things uh, but certainly yeah i sort it out because uh, got into music, got into Jamaican music as a teenager, and to carry that on and to go and listen to that means you have to go into a social environment where you might be the only white person. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was quite I, an adventure, you know.
2: Well, I think I've said this before. If it wasn't for music, I think I would have ended up being quite narrow-minded, like a lot of the people I grew up with seem to be now.
3: I think yeah, I think it's a great bridge. Don't you? It's a great, yeah, it's a great yeah. bridge. Oh, the rave, the rave, rave culture was a great example of that, don't you think, Rich? That Absolutely, it, yeah. Um, that was a great example, which, which sadly hasn't continued um, in the way I thought it would. Um,
2: no, we all seem to be dividing up again, yeah, and, yeah. which is a shame. We, I was thinking this the other day, we need another, another ecstasy to be invented, something that will <laughs> bring the, bring the people together.
3: Definitely what a great uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> ones that are better than the ones you can get now that's what we're saying like the original that's what one. i i, I, I <laughs> that's, uh, that's reminding uh, me uh, i don't know if it's legal to talk about drugs and i'm not uh, admitting that i've ever taken drugs but um, of course uh, not. Uh, but i remember at some point quite late in the on the rave scene a friend of mine whose dad was a, a criminal he phoned me up and he, his dad had died but uh, he had died uh, about a year previously he went, Jeff, um it was just a youngster. He went, I'm I'm sorting through his stuff down in the cellar, and I found a massive bag of doves. Right. What? Yeah. <laughs> and they were <laughs> He said, I've got thousands of them. But this is well after the fact that doves, when doves were the popular one. But doves, yeah, but doves were one of the early popular good quality ones, weren't they, that lasted for hours. And so he was he 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 sold them as I advised him on the price and everything, and he he sold them as as retro dubs, uh, <laughs> because they, and they still they still worked and everything, and it was yeah. funny because by that time, the MDMA that was in, in in the pill wasn't it became synthetic. It wasn't the same as the one they used. That's in, right. Yeah, the original ones. So people were having to take half a dozen, as you know, uh, or, or ten or whatever. You know, like the guy from e 17. You could take yeah. you could take a dozen, couldn't you? Well, you could, you know. Whereas in the early days, people just took half. I remember saying, I'll have a half, you know. (laughs) A (laughs) half, and then I'll chop it up later. (laughs) So Uh, I never thought I'd be an older bloke sitting down moaning about, well, drugs are not what they were, are they? (laughs) I mean, in the old days.
2: But it seems to be people, people are rather, they'd rather sit indoors doing a jigsaw puzzle. There's not a lot of I don't know what's happening. We seem to have we like to do knitting and we like to everything's got a bit twee at the moment. Do you think See, it feels to are me? Are you
3: telling me that you think the same people that used to go out and get on one and now going, I'm gonna go for knitting instead? I can't I can't go there. No,
2: no, no. What's happening is the generation now at the moment, they're all about sitting indoors and doing a jigsaw puzzle and well, there is it, a, it doesn't you know and it might change I mean, you know, it's obviously Whatever's, you know, we had the 90s and the lad culture, mm-hmm. and then it goes, whatever's in at the time, the opposite comes next, doesn't it? So,
3: Well, there is a, there is a difference in communication, obviously, to do with social media and general media. Uh, I mean, I've got a 15-year-old son indoors. All right, he might be missing his friends, but even when their friends have social contact, they don't actually speak to each other. They come around and no. they're on separate devices, so there's not much difference, is it? So they're all talking to no. each other... Online, they're all playing games and talking to each other. And what I miss about that is the old days of going around people's houses and then putting on music. You remember those days? Oh, God, yeah. Listen to this, listen to this. And I I miss that interaction. That used to be a great hangout. There'd be half a dozen of you went there and around a bloke's house or someone's house. and
2: well, you'd go round especially because he said, I've just picked up this oh, record. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. And we're all yeah. right. Oh,
2: oh. And it, we'd all pile round it because we're not been able to find it anywhere. Yeah. It's this white oh, label, oh. whatever.
3: Oh, that's so true. That is, yeah. Uh, and, and of course, with reggae, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, whoa, look what I've got. And, and that's, how I've got turn, that's how you get turned on to new music, isn't it? You, yeah. You're slightly older blokes or, or women as well. And uh, you go in their houses and you think, wow, I've never heard of that and and I miss that I miss that very much
2: yeah well it started again I mean I'm on Instagram I've got an account that's just about the music that I'm listening to or stuff I've heard and and people interact with that like with like, true. oh, if you like this check this out so it's well it's happening but it's yeah, not it's, it's not true. Not, not everybody's doing it yeah. yeah
3: you can you can share music of course and that's fantastic yeah. and you can have access to music that you never had access to before but Sharing it or through your through those platforms is different from sitting in a house, isn't it? And, yeah, yeah yeah,
2: and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: We, I mean, with reggae, you have little clashes. So you have, to I mean, part of the tradition of of Jamaican music is sound clashes. So you can scale that down, and you go around your mate's house with a bunch of records, and you go one for one, and have a little sound clash in the house and things yeah. like <laughs> that. And I miss that terribly.
2: Yeah. I love all that. I love, when I look back <clears throat> and I see the old the, video, the 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 pictures of Jamaica and when Scar was happening, mm-hmm. and and they always look so sharp. You yeah. Know, and, yeah. You know, real effort was made, and I really that's what I like. That's what yeah. I like it's about rave, like you were talking earlier about the combat trousers and mm-hmm. the it was still a it was still a, it was, effort was made.
3: Yeah, it, you were casual so that you could dance all yeah. night, but you were making decisions, weren't you? You were yes. making style decisions. And yeah. uh, uh, and actually, I, 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 I'm I a bit like that. I'm not, a, I, I'm not uh, a peacock, but I'm a little bit like that in life. But that's what I miss about not doing comedy, actually, Rich. The, the getting dressed, yeah. deciding what you're wearing, you know, and uh, the joke about what being you're e- wearing. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah being excited about wearing a new jacket on stage. Yeah, and... yeah. And, of course, yeah, if you're a comedian, it's a
3: bit like being in a band. You can... Wear what you want, you know, and they go, he's a comedian, yeah. man. Why is that guy wearing that? He's a comedian. Oh, right, okay. You know, yeah. But like, uh, if you know someone's in a band, you let them wear whatever they want, don't you?
2: Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But what I like is the fact that you and I have known each other many years, and we're always talking about different clothing or you found like this, this, this in a charity shop. And it's such a nice, I love that. I'd rather have that than talking about football. We yeah, see, yeah, know.
3: we have some nice exchanges with that, don't we? And um, yeah, we've sent some pictures to each other because when I, I, I'm I, truly genuinely still excited about charity shops and vintage clothes shops, even though I've got more clothes than I can ever wear, I I see them more as sometimes cultural artefacts where... Yes. I mean, didn't you bring something in for me? I've done that for people where you think, I can't wear that, but I can't yeah. leave that here, that Gabici shirt. That's
2: it, yeah. Oh, that tootle jacket.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I I, I found a Crombie overcoat, you know, with the Crombie label, in mint condition. It had a belt as well. I'd never seen one. Oh, yeah. With a belt, and it, it was so... But it was too small for me, but I thought, I know someone that that would fit. I couldn't leave it in the shop. No. Be like be like an archaeologist uh, digging up some cultural artefact to just leaving it. I couldn't do that, and I and I've got a lot of stuff like that that I probably won't wear, but I couldn't leave those nineteen sixties leather gloves there. I've got that. Yeah. And and I, I yeah, you yeah did that. you brought in I a commission shirt for yeah. me, didn't you? And uh, it That's didn't it, fit. Yeah, I I, I totally love that that attitude, you know.
2: Yeah, well, that's it. It's that's what I like about a lot of the friendship I've got with other men. It's all based on clothing and music, and mm-hmm. we're still excited about albums coming out. And 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 like, again, I found a pair of shoes in a shop in Manchester. They're women's uh, mod woven shoes, but they were a tenner. And right. I'm like, I, said, I just, I mean, I, like you just said, I can't leave them. Yeah. I I know that at one point I'll be able to gift these to someone. You know.
3: Of course, I've got. And stuff. then
2: they and then they continue.
3: But, unfortunately, it's hard to find people that are that are, are, are on in the same game as you in terms of their attitude, isn't it? Uh, you know, the guy that I gave the crombie overcoat to, he quite likes it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But he didn't have the same no. passion yeah. for it as me. You know, you mentioned, I think the whole thing is moddish. I think that whole attitude of image and sharpness and the types of clothes that are in, in the range of what we look at, I think that's a sort of mod ethos, a mod... Attitude, yeah you know yeah,
2: even though i 'm not a mod, yeah
3: neither am I but, uh, but, it's, but
2: uh, that ethos is mm, still there, you know, yeah
3: for sure, make you know making a point with your clothes uh, um, I think in in cultural uh, theory, they call it symbolic resistance as well, where you can make make a comment with your clothes, you can resist yeah. the norm with your clothes, although i don 't see it so much anymore i don 't see i don't see people walking along the street where they're wearing clothes that are actually. You know, like punks. Remember, punks used to be used to be threatening to people, didn't they? But yeah, if you saw a punk now, you'd probably think they look like quite quite cute. And, ah, look, there's an old <laughs> punk. Look at that <there's laughs> old punk, wouldn't you? <laughs> you? wouldn't frighten anyone with that hair. You're going, oh, I miss those punks, you know.
2: That's it. Well, I remember my youngest son had a green he had a green uh, mohawk for school. Wow. I love you know, that. that's how different it was. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. When he was in, he had a slipknot phase.
3: Oh, yeah. You see, sometimes on, on stage I correct myself, because you, you know when you see someone in the front wearing some, i will have a haircut like that, and you can't resist commenting on it? Yeah. Um, sometimes I've had to go, no, sorry, actually, mate, no, sorry, I didn't mean to take the mickey out of you. Well done for looking different yeah. from every single other person that's in here. So I've had to backtrack a couple of times and thought, <laughs> that's an easy target. No, oh, hold on, I endorse yeah. that, I endorse
2: that. Exactly. Yeah. But then again as well, what's happened, I'll get people heckling me because of something I'm wearing and then I'll be able to go, right, You, I know for a fact you can pipe the fuck down, mate. Let's have a look at what you're wearing. And it's always shit. Of course. <laughs> you go, mate, my shoes were, cost more than your entire wardrobe. Of Ah. And that, that sounds arrogant, but it's like... Well, it's yeah, just... but
3: that's a modish thing as well. Because part of the yeah. mod attitude was that you were working class, but, but you could look sharper and smarter than your boss.
2: Um, that was it, yeah. Clean living under it, difficult circumstances. Yeah, yeah, but
3: what you'd do is you'd have a suit, but you'd add a button or you'd slightly change the collar. There would be these, these yes. tiny differences that made it modish and not mainstream. And yeah, I think and that, made it
2: yours as well that yeah, no-one else had.
3: Sure, sure.
2: Yeah, I love all that. I do, and, but you, you, you are trying to tell people who you are by what you wear. Definitely. You know, and that's... And that's, that's a lovely and, thing. And, and, it's an expression. Yeah, it's and, a
3: form of yeah. your personal expression through your clothing, and I totally get that. I, I only think it's bourgeois when it, people are just spending loads of money on their clothes. Anyone can do that. That's just about yeah. you having the money. It's about how you put it together, That's Isn't right. it what you've thought it through, what it's saying you have tracked it down, it's yeah. rare, all that sort of stuff, you
2: know yeah, and even if you even at the time you go That's, I haven't got anything that'll go with that, but oh Rich, it will I'll I've get done, something that will <laughs> go with that, yeah I've
3: done that so many times. One garment can spark off a whole new direction,'t it i uh,
2: <laughs>
3: a couple of years ago, I saw a tank top uh we used to call them slipovers. You know that term, slip-overs? Oh, right, yeah. But Never heard of them, it, no. Yeah, yeah, I think there was a phase, maybe that was the 80s. But I remember seeing one of those and thought, oh, that, that sort of Ivy League look with with uh, shirt and tie, tank tops. So I started buying... Uh, all sorts of tank tops that I saw with their <laughs> sheep. got about half a dozen tank tops, particularly the golfing ones. What's that make with the, the
2: Czech... Oh, what, Pringle.
3: Pringle, Biford-looking tank tops.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. You, can,
3: you can mash that up with combat, mate, and, and all, a T-shirt underneath of Pringle. All sorts of looks you can yeah, mash Yeah, nice. Up. But the look I was going for was that Ivy League shirt and tie, tweed trousers, brogue. So I started collecting... But I couldn't wear it until I had all enough of it together. <laughs> but here's what happened in the end. Yeah. When I put it on, and this is a problem I've got with vintage clothing, because I'm old, it it just looks like I'm still wearing clothes from the 1950s. It doesn't. Look,
2: <laughs> uh, it doesn't. I was going to say.
3: Yeah, I look like a granddad. You know, I look like I'm I'm from the Second World War or something.
2: They go, he's always worn that.
3: Yeah, that's what it looks like. (laughs) He's never changed that outfit since the war.
2: (laughs) He's been demobbed and that was it.
3: Yeah, so I have to (laughs) post-modern it up and mix it up. I can't wear a whole retro, a whole vintage clothing look. I've got to, you know, mash it up a bit. Otherwise, I do just look like a granddad. And similarly, military stuff, which I love wearing, I just if I'm not careful I just look like a bloke that was in the army a few years ago and is still wearing the stuff oh yeah
2: stuff. <laughs> you know. I can't wear those I can't wear those um slip-ons you said those uh those I can't wear them because I look like Jimmy Tarbuck
3: slip-ons
2: you know like you were talking about your the slip-over. Uh, slipover oh, story tank-top. yeah yeah tank top tank-top. <laughs> I can't wear this. I look like Jimmy Tarbuck oh, no so <laughs> <laughs> Scott, I can't... If I wear them with a pair of slacks... No.
3: <laughs> I, I, I keep looking out for... Uh, during the late 70s, there was a look on the reggae scene which was uh, similar to a sort of East End gangster casual look, uh, uh cardigans. Do you remember those? Yes. Gabichis, shiny shoes. We used to call them crocs because they were like an Im- imitation. Crocodile skin with a little gold bar. And the and it, the, yeah. trousers, the trousers were um, what were the trousers with the split the split pocket Farrah Farrah trousers. Oh Farrah, yeah. And I still look out for those in charity shops, you know, and think, I think oh, I'd love to wear a pair of those again. They, they probably just look like some old-fashioned trousers now. i
2: I bought a yeah I bought a pair in a, there was a load of them in a shop, I can't remember. It's it's like it wasn't like it was like a cheaper Marks and Spencers. Okay. But a load of Farrahs and I got a pair. and I'm like, ah, oh, finally. But I just look like an old twat. Yeah. <laughs> just look like, yeah, that's what you would wear. Yeah,
3: yeah. Mind you, but used I, 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 That pile of Farahs in a shop sounds exciting to me, does When people tell it's you so that. So exciting. Oh, yeah, there was a shop where I don't know that you think, gotta get down there, man. Gotta
2: get down there. They man. had, yeah, they had Farahs, Gabichis. Oh, no. Yeah, I can't remember. It's not TJ Maxx, it's like TJ Neal's or something like that in Sheffield.
3: You can still get. Uh, Kebiches are still being made, you know, in China, and um,
2: they are, yeah, yeah, and yeah. They're very yeah.
3: expensive, like eighty quid, things like that. Now, I think, that's sure.
2: yeah, but you can. That's I like that. You get like one expensive bit, yeah, and then you'll have stuff from charity shops and wherever, it's and you and you make it work. That's it's how you make it. it work.
3: Totally, I, it's You know, it's, that's pro- you know I, I, I probably do that. You know, when you look at something that you do and you think, hold on, I spend so long doing that in my life. That must be a hobby or something or an obsession. You, I forgot that I I spend... I, you know, we've got mates probably in comedy where you walk down a high street, you go, you're working away, you go for a walk, they have to pop in the betting shop. You know those guys? I don't oh, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. to go in the charity shop and I bet you... Yeah, same, yeah? same. Can you wait outside? I won't be long.
2: <laughs> so oh, you're going to do that? I, I, I'm like, you go and do that. I'll go and do this. Yeah, it's I'll, an addiction. I'll, I'll meet it's an addiction. you up the road, yeah.
3: And I was so happy when the government announced that one of the first shops back would be charity shops. I
2: thought, what? <laughs> all that stuff, all, all waiting.
3: Oh uh, yeah, and, and fresh stuff, yeah.
2: yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Fresh stuff that people have chucked where people out. have yeah, not because they've people, been bored.
3: Yeah, yeah, Better not say where people have died because that would be in bad taste. But, a lot. <laughs> but you know, let's be honest. A lot of the stuff I'm buying is obviously is 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 dead husband's clothes that have been given to charity shops. You see it all the so time, you get... don't you? You see it all the time. So you get, you're going to
2: see where there's a uh, there's a big spike of COVID. Yeah.
3: You're going to yeah. go
2: go to no, those no, charity shops. I'm not
3: going to make a joke about this publicly online, OK? Because we <laughs> criticise people. But yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. when you go to a charity shop, sometimes if you're lucky, there's, a, there's obviously some bloke's wardrobe is there. Your size, your style... You think, wow, there's a few shirts here, there's a few yeah. jackets, and you know it's from the same person. Um,
2: yeah, that's yeah, always, that's
3: always a nice touch. Um, my mate used <laughs> to, my mate used to, uh, and actually, uh, I'm going to mention him and, and rest in peace uh, because it is connected, and I'm sure his wife wouldn't mind this. He's he's someone I know that died uh, because of the virus. Actually, uh, the, yeah, only, the only person I know, and and I I still haven't taken it on board. I think it's because we're in this um, really weird. Really weird bubble of, of yeah. Of, uh, I haven't actually taken on board the reality of the fact that he died. Um, and he was only my age, but he he. And I'm going to big him up because he used to be uh, a psychiatric nurse. Um, okay. And he used to, when people died in the hospital, he used to bring home their clothes if they were appropriate for my. He'd go right. And we used to call it dead men's clothing. And every now and again, yeah, stuff right. would be chucked out. And that was, that was very much part of, of my wardrobe as well. Um, dead men's clothing. And sometimes we'd yeah. go out to play snooker. I'd go, I like your shoes, Robbie. i go, dead men's clothing. Um, <laughs> so a little catchphrase that we use. bless him.
2: Oh, that's a shame. It yeah, is, yeah. It hits home, yeah.
3: isn't it, when you actually know somebody. I don't want yeah. to dwell on the virus thing because it's so talked about. But when you, you think, oh God, I actually know someone and I still can't take it on board. It still hasn't hit me. That that's happened because it's so bizarre and so
2: odd. It's, well, it's yeah. such an unusual thing yeah. to happen. Yeah, you know we've seen these things in films, and now you yes. know someone that this has happened to. Yes. That's yeah, that's. But it's But at least you could talk about it. A lot of men don't. A lot of men just shut down and, sure. or you know, and it, it comes out in different ways, doesn't it? The old cliche yes, of getting pissed or.
3: Suppose we all do it a different way. I, I like carrying the memory of people. Um, so that dead men's clothing thing will stay with me forever now and become. Even yeah. more relevant now that he's gone, and I will be bringing up that up and uh, now and again. But yeah, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. But I'm good at um, carrying people with me. Where you know people that I've, that have gone, I always carry them with me, almost on a daily basis. In one way or another, they cross my mind. Or oh, just a
2: quick, yeah, yeah. just a thought.
3: Yeah. yeah, they live on. They live on.
2: Yeah, yeah that's it. it. People worry that. I know when Jade's uh, sister died, Jade tells me that, you know, she the one thing she said was, you know, please don't forget me. I don't want to be forgotten. And, you know, people aren't, are oh, they? They you know, when they've been in your life they they pop in now and again and
3: They do, they never really leave, yeah. do they? And no. They're there, there's a place for them. You walk around with them, they crop up, something happens. Sometimes even on a daily basis, people the same person Will yeah pop into my mind for some reason yeah i like that i i i like that very much
2: yeah music does that for me i'll put on a record and go ah oh, this is when we went to Sanso with thingy well, and... it's
3: it's it's funny that you know. the same guy he yeah. i remember he was somebody you know i don't know if you had this experience i'm sure we all do particularly with music where you're young and maybe you move away from home you're living in a bed seat in a shared house or you're visiting an environment and the the people there are a bit older than you maybe they're at university he was at university and he was into bands that i hadn't heard of uh like traffic and steve winwood and and genesis oh, yeah. or whatever and um because i was a bit younger and i was into reggae and stuff but he i remember him also as somebody and so every time i think i put a record on it, he comes back to me immediately um so that's yeah. great The right people
2: it's people lovely isn't it yeah it
3: is. yeah it is
2: to help get this brilliant conversation to an even bigger audience. Sponsoring the show, as well as a promotional trailer, means that your message and our message will be inserted into some of Acast's biggest podcast titles. Get on board and partner with Insane in the Membrane. Go to pauldaniels.tv for more information. And talking about the conversation we've had about clothing, more men, I suppose... Well, the men that we know have these conversations rather than being like all manly and arm wrestling and
3: well we, we are sort of, yeah know. but we are in a, in our working environment i would suggest that it's not the same as a building site is it it's, it's no uh I, I might you know i'm generalizing but most of the guys are younger maybe lower middle class fairly liberal some are universally educated so um uh, but but it, there is a bit of that blokish stuff going on. I remember, which surprises me, and I forget, and maybe because I'm older, I mean, you don't, you're not like that when you're older, but, uh, uh, or maybe when you're working class and you come from a rough background, it's not, you don't, you're not looking to establish your masculinity. Uh, yeah. Uh, good. <laughs> Whereas I think maybe with comedians, and I, I saw something on Facebook where they were doing a poll of who you wouldn't want to get into a fight with on, as a comedian. I thought, what a bizarre thing to come up with. <laughs> yeah, I know. saw that. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those. Uh, I, had to put up, I had to get involved and say, look, can you just get stop putting me on these lists? I'm an old bloke now. You're, you're thinking of the younger Jefferson. I don't want to be involved <laughs> in any of these.
2: So, I don't even get a look in. I'm not even put on the list. So. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. okay, no, Richard, will, Rich will just hand us towels after we've had a fight.
3: Yeah, now I think you might be there for uh, style though, Rich, style. That's right. <laughs> I'll Mar-
2: hold the numbers. I'll be the, I'll be the yeah yeah <laughs> in between the rounds.
3: You must be in the in the um, the most uh, stylish comedian best ten or something, mustn't you? You must be up there. I think that. we you Marcus Birdman. You, Marcus yeah. Birdman must be in there. He dresses yeah. good, doesn't he, Marcus Birdman? He he, he looks does. like he's in a band. That guy.
2: Doesn't he? <laughs> I, I see, had to say to him the other day. I said, "There's more to life than the you, Clash, mate." Is that... <laughs> You know, sometimes he's a bit too rigid with what he's into.
3: Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, you know, he's In a vicar's you know. vicar son. What do you expect? You know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly. <Hey>? <laughs> <laughs> but you're, so going back to the multicultural thing, yeah. you know, you, you're you surrounded by, which I think, I think it's a good thing that we, uh, like people talk about pro, um, cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm but it's not, it isn't a, it's not that it's, 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 well, it's being influenced it's, by these it, different things of course, is different, yeah.
3: isn't it? Mer- merging influence, uh, living in the same environment, you know, the, uh, those were the biggest influences on my growing up, Jamaican popular culture in my area, yeah. uh, less, less so, I mean, uh, so you can embrace it or you can not, that's, that's what it, all of this stuff's on offer when I was a kid and I, I went, yeah. went with that, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, cultural appropriation I've been asked to talk about this before it's very tricky um, uh, it's a tricky one that isn't it uh, yeah. I think the rule is if it's explo- if you're exploiting it yes it's appropriation you know if you're yeah. influenced by it and embracing it and loving it then then, you know that's different that's it's a general yeah. a general answer I suppose
2: no Thank that's you. I mean it's great because we needed us Brits definitely needed some well it's some see. influence from elsewhere, don't of we? Of course. Christ. I
3: mean, I remember. I remember what it was like before then. <laughs>
2: oh God! <laughs>
3: people, you yeah, these all, people yeah. that moan about it, I always think of funny. I think, you, do you really want to go back to so that imagined world of of? You know, well, it's
2: they they can remember. They go, I remember what it was like. Oh yeah, you were four years old. Yeah, yeah. That's why it was. You didn't have any to, anything to worry about. You had nothing to sure. no bills to pay. No.
3: Just, you know, the you sun's know, shone
2: forever. You, you know? know, when
3: I see that a lot, when you're on YouTube and I'm um, watching some small... Uh, it might be a... Uh, there's a thing I've been looking at recently about Ilford. And it's a lovely little... He's got a lovely little thing. He shows a film of Ilford, High Street, in 1980, and then he shows a film of Ilford, High Street, now. Makes a comparison, gives you all this lovely information about shops that have changed, etc. And it's a lovely, mm. good-natured, beautiful thing and i just think how long is it going to be before the comments at the bottom go yeah yeah look at it now though eh? look at it oh, now no. and you know what they're getting at don't you well I yeah, used to live there, yeah. couldn't live there now and i think i i would rather live there now than i'd rather live with these people than with you mate you know i'd
2: rather oh god imagine you yeah. know and
3: i i'm i'm at an age where i remember you know how the world used to be um yeah and i, I think people well, forget well, how just yeah. was, like, how dry it was you know and, and, oh, God. I mean, Listen, even in the 80s, mate, even in the 80s, when, when Princess Diana died, uh, the BBC uh, were told they weren't the allowed 90s. to play happy music. Was that the 90s, Diana, was it?
2: 90s, yeah, 90s. yeah, yeah. Or,
3: or because they were banning, trying to ban the rave scene, the BBC weren't yeah. allowed to play repetitive beats. Uh, <laughs> you know, you think this just can't be, yeah. that sounds like it, but that's in my lifetime as an adult, That those yeah. type of stiffness. Um,
2: it's exactly stiffness. Yeah, it's that. It's that BBC clipped vowels. Yeah, all that. Yeah, all that. You know, telly finishes at half ten with the mm. with the national anthem.
3: And of course, as a reggae fan, you, I mean, that's you. You, you didn't have access to Jamaican music in the mainstream media at all. Uh, I mean, I think no. the, the only. I mean, there was a spate in the early seventies where there were one or two reggae records that were very big crossover hits. Like, you know, like Toots and the Maytals or Jimmy Cliff, you know, stuff that you mm. everyone knows. But in terms of have, uh, listening to it on the radio, it didn't exist. Um, no. That's why blues parties uh, 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 developed, because there's nowhere for for, for Jamaican or, or, or black people to go and listen to this music, you know. There's no yeah. clubs. Or, in fact, there's institutionalised racism where they're not even allowed to go in the club. Um, so these, this is the world. I mean, I, you know... I did, used to do a joke about going to a 70s retro night. And um, and it was based on... And I did go to a 70s retro night, actually, in Birmingham. And I just thought, wow, this whole idea of what the, they think the 70s was is so different from what the 70s really was. And I just did this joke about, you know, a real... Oh, I'd like to open a real 70s retro club where where the electricity goes off at 10 o'clock because of the power strike. Uh, uh, the walls are made of asbestos, and your black friends are not allowed in. And and that yeah. was that was a reality of that period. Clubs not even letting black people in. For fuck's sake,
2: you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I it was di- when I started going clubbing. It obviously it was different, mm-hmm. but there was still I d- I, d- I think because my nan my mum's from Brixton. Okay. So I grew up very multicultural. There was a lot of multicultural uh, influences around. Mm-hmm and then you'd go back to, to you know, your, where you lived in Orpington. It's very different, you know? oh yeah, we don't go to Brixton.
3: Of course, even now, as soon as you leave London, isn't it, Rich, you're now you know. Yeah. as soon as you leave London. Well, I do want to say one thing about multiculturalism and, and is that there's a, there's a sense in which um, it's, people come from other countries and bring a culture with them, but there becomes such um, a, a, a mixing of cultures that in a sense, uh, black people are not necessarily come with another culture. I mean, if you grow up and you're British, your culture can be the same. It, I've got this argument that no matter where everyone comes from in the world, the next generation will be going to McDonald's, watching EastEnders, and yeah. doing the same thing as, as everybody else. You know? And, um, you know, so it's not necessarily that people who are non-white have a different culture, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mhm. It was funny when all the Black Lives Matter thing was happening recently, and you saw <clears throat> there was a lot of white people, you know, messaging black people. Well, oh, can you come on my podcast? Can you educate me? And, 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 and you know, like, I, I see what you're doing, but you should have yeah. already been doing that. Been you know, you, it's, uh, it's a funny one.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't want to. Look, obviously, I think what yeah. it is is. Uh, I mean, all of these issues are things that I've lived with all my life, you know, uh, and have been dealing with. Uh, on a day-to-day practical level, but also, you know, I went to university for five years and and, and did a lot of politics. Um, so there are things I, I grapple with on a daily basis in a practical way, dealing with racism mm. uh, and, and, or dealing with, you know, people's narrow minds and there's also things I deal with on a more intellectual level, reading, being politically conscious. But you're right, yeah. I think, to be fair, there's a lot of young people who are coming to the this sort of political thinking for the first time Um, yeah and there's a lot of new ideas as there always is challenging old ideas um so there's that is going on so it is easy to say mate you you should be honored it's years ago and I do think that uh, I see Mm. people online that are coming to terms with stuff that I think what is this this is a new topic for you is it and (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you have to go. Well, okay, better late than never, isn't it? We can't have. It yeah, Um It's just that how it gets expressed um, and w- where it will end up. Obviously, that's another debate. Um, you know, uh, what yeah. I was thinking is, I know there's a tipping point with things. Rich, and my wife said this because I was saying, I I know that I know what the statistics are about uh, uh, deaths in police custody mm. in, in this country. Yeah. Um, Uh, and you're 50% more chance if you're black to be part of that statistic. And in 1917, uh, 25 people were killed in this country in police custody, okay? Uh, No one knows, you know, it's not, you can go online and find that out. No prosecutions of anybody. And I just think, I I worry about people getting on political trends and and not making the connections and becoming politicized. I worry about badge wearing, you know, remember, Yes. you know, I worry about symbolic stuff where you're not really engaging uh, with political action. So maybe no. there's a phase of people becoming enlightened through this and let's see if they can convert that into political action uh, to go further, yes. to, to make changes. I, I see it all the time and I don't, maybe I'm wrong and maybe this is social media and, and I'm prepared for people to criticise me about this but there's a sense in which there are separate single issues being dealt with, and not everyone's being included. I could be wrong, but I don't remember, mm. for example, the Me Too movement embracing uh, human trafficking, prostitution, human slavery, you know, yeah. immigrants who are being sexually abused in order to get get out of certain countries. Uh, I, I li- I'd like to see the connections of single issues being made and connect to them to poverty, unemployment, lack of yeah. lack of um, education uh, the bigger connecting them to the bigger you know mm. sociological issues race class gender I don't want to see I mean remember the wristbands remember the wristbands rich make, yeah. make poverty history I don't want it to be another wristband situation you know where no
2: and that's what happens isn't it everyone yeah. piles on mm-hmm. and everyone and it, like you say it's tokenism rather than actually doing something a lot sure. of the time but that's it it always comes back to the same thing it's the system it's systemic
3: yeah it it, it does come back to that and uh, that's why i still i mean the, you know these people that people would make fun of in the high street like the swp selling their paper a lot of these people that are on now on this backlash map that would have been the same people that would have poo-pooed those political people in the street but they're making those connections they've been making those connections All the time, and that's that's what Mm. it needs, doesn't it? It it can't just exist as a single issue. Uh, I mean, I've always, you know, I've always thought there are statues that are ideologically suspect. Um, Mm. You know, it's not a new thing. Uh, So let's see if it gets converted to change. So I've got to be careful not to be cynical. I mean, I was in the seventies and eighties. I was out there beating up, you know, beating up fascists. I was out there selling news, left-wing newspapers. I was Thinking that that's what we need. Working class people need political leadership. They need to understand the capitalist system. I still believe that. One of yeah. the problems is, rich. No one's reading books anymore, mate. They're just taking sound bites and using um, using the internet. A lot of the people that go on there with opinions, they ne- they don't know what they're talking about. They haven't actually. They're not politically educated and. Uh, but they're allowed opinions, so yeah, you know. And I think there is a there's a problem there. Read some books out there, you people. <laughs> read, read some effing books.
2: I say that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, it's I, I know because I've been buying a few recently, and I'm like, uh-huh. you know, people. And like Jay was going, "You never read these." Go. What do you know? What I do? You're on TikTok <laughs> every five funny. seconds. <laughs> I'm over in the corner educating myself.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, and I see, get it wrong I get it wrong sometimes but,
3: but I mean, I, I'm educating myself you of know. course yeah you've got you got to read I mean I, you know I feel privileged now that I spent five years at university studying cultural history uh, I've got all that you know I've read all those books yeah It, it and I'd never done that before and it brought it, it me into a world of reading and there's no substitute for books mate no
2: substitute no. really I wish people would just stop yeah stop shouting at each other yeah, yeah online yeah, yeah. and until you Actually know what you do. Actually do something about. in real life. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. But I you know, I would I've got to be careful here and to not sound cynical like an old lefty. <laughs> You've got to get out there, mate. But I do think that. I do <laughs> I do think that. Though. After. Yeah, I remember thinking that about uh the wristbands. And I remember yeah. and I'm not going to say the name of the comedian, but um I got into an argument with a comedian who was wearing um a wristband in in the green room and uh, I went, All oh, right. right, so that's going to get rid of capitalism, is it? You know, you know. I'm someone who spent the mm. 70s knocking on people's doors, selling left-wing newspapers, getting nicked at demonstrations, and now I've got someone wearing a wristband where I, you know, I've read Marx, I've read all, you know, I've grappled yeah. with all that political theory, and this bloke just thinks, well, I'll slip this wristband on. That'll, <laughs> that'll do the trick. So that pissed me off, and I... I challenged him on that, and he really freaked out. What are you doing? What are you doing about capitalism? And I went, well, I'm not wearing a wristband. So anyway, yeah. at some time after that, the same person, he went mad, and I left it. I thought, OK, I saw them doing the Royal Variety performance, shaking hands with the Queen. And I thought, well, <laughs> you know.
0: I had an yeah, old come joke. On. I had an old joke. <laughs> I'm going to
3: do this old joke. I had an old joke about wristbands, and it was... Uh, yeah, all these people. Oh I, oh, I know. This will place the joke historically. It was. Uh, I've got so many wristbands coming in. No, I've got so. I've got so many compassionate wristbands coming in. More coming in than going out, or something. Remember those jokes? About, <laughs> and I said, so I thought I consolidate all my wristbands into one easy to manage wristband called a Rolex. That was the. That was the joke. <laughs> yeah, I know. I forgot about that old
2: joke. <laughs> but it's true. It's Just so someone else can see that wristband and go, Oh, hello.
3: Yeah, that's it's, why I said badge wearing. I, I don't want badge yeah. wearing, and I, and I'm pretty sure that, that a percentage of people that have been politically enlightened by the Me Too movement will move on and develop that, and it will become more significant and go towards social change. That's what I hope. Um, yeah, you know,
2: because we're all, everyone's focusing on how fucked we're being,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: no one's focusing on people are actually people are rallying against that, and change mm-hmm. will happen, and.
3: Well, I hope so. Yeah, I hope, hope so. so. Uh, and also, it's a very oh, odd time, isn't it? That, that it's interesting the way that this, uh, the Me Too movement uh, or, or associated attitudes or influence attitudes have come around during this lockdown. Um, you know, I, yeah. won- I wonder how different it would be if we weren't in the lockdown. Everyone's going to work, going about their business and the same incident happened. I wonder how different the response would be would have been, you
2: know. It's an interesting time. Yes, it is. Uh, what will happen is there'll be some decent music. Yeah. Because that's what always happens <laughs> in these times of turmoil.
3: That's why we need poverty, man. Yeah. And that's why we need <laughs> poverty and exploitation, because that's where the best music comes from.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, this has been lovely, mate.
3: Uh, it's really nice uh, catching up with you. And um, and you. It's it's funny. I was thinking before you called, I thought, it's, it's like when you're on the radio. It's like the radio, it's virtually the radio, but... Having a conversation that you know other people are listening to is a an interesting medium, isn't it, of communication? Yeah. Um, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's uh, nice, and I I hope I don't know how many people listen to your this. I don't know how regular this is, but I hope you get a few a bit of a response and a conversation uh, out of yeah, it. Yeah, um, certainly yeah, about yeah, well, you get fashion and music. You, That's what you've got a lovely style, man. You've got a lovely easy conversational style. It's been thanks, a real, mate, been an absolute pleasure. Been easy, it's been a pleasure. I, I could just oh, it's been I don't lovely. know if this has been. Entertaining for anyone else though—that's that that's what I worry about when I—I I have.
2: Yeah, well, no, you no. Yeah. People take ed- from it what they will.
3: Edit the life out of it to make sure. It,
2: um, <laughs> it's you, sound uh, great. Okay. Um,
3: and listen, Rich, man, love you. It's to been beaches. lovely.
2: Um, yeah, and you, man? Love you. get
3: rid of that bird, mate. She's trouble. Yeah. Bring you down. She's holding you back. That's what she's doing. She's holding back your career. You were on the verge, mate. You were on the brink. Suddenly, it's all. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not naming names. I'm not naming Adam's name. Okay. Yeah,
2: I should have gone. I just. I know. I'm legged up back behind the bar where I belong.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other alternative is a double act. A double act, mate. That's that's.
2: Oh, Christ, can you imagine? Yeah, that was... <laughs> like, hinge and bracket, be awful.
3: <laughs> um, give her give my love, give my love. And, um, yeah, God bless everybody. It's a hard time. History is travelling at a rapid pace at the moment, isn't it? Politically and yeah. culturally, it's very... You know, we're all insecure. I mean, I, you know, I've, 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 I had a terrible day yesterday. and do you know what it was, Rich? It occurred to me that we might not go back ever. How about that, for a thought? Oh, I mate. Think. I just thought, as long as there's social distancing and no vaccine, there can't be comedy.
2: No. So, well, there'll be some. We'll go back eventually, but we might, we might not be doing it. Well, because
3: we're too old. you mean, I'm mean, I
2: too old. Yeah. Well, well, you, all, well, I'll be all right. I've,
3: yeah, <laughs> I've always been too old, so that won't be a new thing <laughs> for me. We'll
2: uh, have your head in a jar, oh, and it'll be. be... <laughs> that'd be
3: so funny. That, I mean, it, I look forward to it. I mean, <laughs> Oh, mate, hey, look, I'm missing you, man, missing you. Missing, I miss you too, missing man. Missing everybody, missing the audiences, the, the club, missing the whole thing so badly. But um, if it does end, if it does end, I can look back and think I had a great time, you know.
2: At least um, you did, yeah, you smashed it, mate.
3: Yeah, now I'm uh, I'm trying to reinvent myself to be a reggae DJ again. Uh, oh, yeah? Well, I've got a spot waiting for me on an internet radio station to play Jamaican music, but I've got to buy some new technology so that I can go online and with, with the radio stations I can broadcast oh, at shit, home. Oh, shit, yeah. So, so, but because I'm skin, I can't... Hey, hey, can we set up some sort of... Buy Jeff...
2: <laughs> Crowdfunder.
3: ..of a new mixer so he can go on the radio, yeah? <laughs> it, yeah
2: if you mix, what mixer do you need? What mixer do you need?
3: It's, well, I just need a mixer that's got USB con- con- connectivity, so it's pretty much a basic mixer. They're only about 90 quid, but it's a, it's one that's got a USB port. Uh, and I've got a really old one that's just a basic crossfader, bedroom mixer, made to fade. I don't know if you remember those. Uh, well, no, no, you wouldn't, would you? You're not from that era. So, <laughs> so if anyone's out there, then um, we
2: got one to spare, or yeah, you know, you know oh, chip actually, in.
3: It's not the sort of thing you get in pubs in the East End, is it? Uh, boy, <laughs> you, know I I know. you know what I hate? You know what I when you know when you're after something, particularly around here. Sometimes you go, you know. I I need a mixer, and I go, oh mate! If you'd asked me yesterday, oh yeah, (laughs) I had dozens of those (laughs) mixers. I was giving them away. Giving them
2: away. <laughs> I hate it when people do that. I uh, hate it. Yeah, yeah, shut up, mate. Yeah. You've never got oh, anything, ever.
3: Yes, oh, I had cottageals of them. <laughs> Reams. Reams of them.
2: Reams. Reams. If someone's got if an, an old mixer, be there, been, Jeff it, can have
3: Yeah, we'll keep all this in. All so, anyone out there, who, if you want to crowdfund um, my mixer, they, they sell them at um, High Tech in Hackney. So, so, once I've got that mixer, then I can go online and then I've got a weekly three-hour... Jamaican music, internet radio. Oh, mate, that's yeah. amazing. So I'm just I'm sorting out all my music in readiness. So it doesn't matter how long it goes on for. I've still got loads of music to sort out. And I've got out all my vinyl and I'm cleaning it up and going through it. So it's fantastic. Amazing. of love. It's a beautiful thing. Touching vinyl. <laughs> it's a bit like mute, <laughs> the, the clothes. I'm pulling out. Sometimes, sorry, this has gone on too long now, but no, it's fine. Oh, sometimes uh, you know what's great about seven-inch Jamaican music. When I was buying it uh, in the in the 70s. Uh, You were sometimes you were buying music that was from the sixties in junk shops. You'd find reggae records in junk shops. They weren't always in the best condition, but you knew that's the only way you were going to get that record. You know, you didn't didn't know reissues were going to come out
2: and CDs.
3: So you'd buy it. That was it. It Might be a little bit crackly. I've been playing them. That doesn't matter. But sometimes where it's owned by someone, I've got one. This is great. It's got Leroy written on it, and you know that Leroy (laughs) has taken that record to a party. He doesn't want anyone stealing it he's written his name on the label of the record.
2: Yeah. And I think,
3: well, you know, and when I when I play those records, I'm going to say to people, look, this record has been played. It's been played at parties. People have danced to this actual record. And I want to try and convey in the programme yeah. that lived experience, you know? Uh, oh,
2: mate, that sounds great. Mm,
3: mm.
2: Oh, well, we'll find you a mixer, don't worry.
3: Okay, I love your species, Rich.
2: Love, love you too, Jeff. Get rid Thank of her, get, get
3: rid of her, man. Get rid of her. <laughs> She's no good for She's you. She's dead
2: weight. She's, She's dead na-
3: weight. She's no good for
2: you, mate. <laughs> See you later. I love you, Rich. See you, See you Jeff. Later. Love you too. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye, bye. Bye, everybody.
0: Produced by Paul Daniels at pauldaniels.tv.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well.